This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 1075 FM, Unholstered. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome on in here to another edition of Unholstered. My name is Kayla Blakesley. I am just one of your hosts. If this is your first time tuning into Unholstered, uh, this is a show about the local media teaming up with our local police department here in Fort Wayne, Indiana to share and tell all of the stories that don't often get told. And I do this alongside my co-host, Sophia, who actually brings credibility to this show. Oh, thank you, Kayla. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Catina. I'm a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome to Unholstered, where we're giving you intimate looks into the Fort Wayne Police Department and our community members that work with us uh, to make this community safer and better. So thank you uh, for listening. Today's topic is one that I've been really anxious to get to for quite some time, and it's the topic of social workers alongside working with, however you want to word it, uh, with police departments. Obviously, specifically today, we're talking about the Fort Wayne Police Department. But Sophia, before you introduce our guests that we have here in studio, why is it that you think, in your personal opinion, as a member of the Fort Wayne Police Department, that this topic has gotten so contentious in the last year or two? That's a good question. It's a loaded um, question, isn't it? It's a loaded question you know on several fronts. Yeah, you're, you're, it's too early in the morning for this. But I think sometimes people have a misconception on what their actual function is in the police department. They're not replacing police officers, at least not here on our department. They're assisting us in making uh, things work better, uh, making the processes smoother, making the resources more readily available, and lending their expertise in areas where we simply don't have it. We can be knowledgeable in a lot of stuff, but these people are really experts in what they do. And having them work with us has been such a bonus for this community, as you'll find out here really soon. But we wanted to spotlight the HEART team, the Hope and Recovery team, because we are constantly on this show trying to keep the fentanyl crisis in the forefront, because this is really what's affecting this community mm -hmm. in great numbers. And we've talked about that on the show before. And I think keeping this information in, um, going for the public is just going to help us combat this problem more readily. So. Today, I brought in Detective Ripley and uh, Darcy Robbins. Uh, Detective Ripley works in the Vice Narcotics Division, and Darcy Robbins is one of our two social workers, and we have another intern as well, that came on board in the middle of last year uh, with some grant funding. So I'll let them introduce themselves. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, Darcy, first lady. Sorry. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Darcy Robbins. I am an MSW LSW with Fort Wayne Police Department, and I help out with the HEART team and just connect people to services, and I help other officers out in the field um, with, all, with mental health calls and things like that. I'm Jeff Ripley. I'm a detective with the Fort Wayne Police Department. I just uh, got my milestone of 20 years in November. Yay, I'm actually well. Thank you. Um, Can I'm I be honest? I, did, <laughs> I would not have taken you for a detective. Uh, with the police department. Um, he gets that a lot. Boyish good looks, charming personality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I took the words right out of my yeah. mouth, Jeff. Uh, I've spent most of my career in narcotics um, as an undercover and also as an interdiction officer. Um, two years ago, we started the Hope and Recovery team through the Fort Wayne Police Department and through Lutheran Foundation and uh, Lutheran Social Services. So that's where I'm at now. Let's be really clear about something. And it's something mm -hmm. that you said, Sophia, but I just want to emphasize it because, again, kind of going back to where this, unfortunately, can be a controversial topic. And like mm -hmm. I said, I'm not really quite sure how it got so controversial over the past couple of years. Uh, but folks like Darcy, you are not replacing members <laughs> of the Fort Wayne Police Department. You are there to work alongside folks like Jeff. So walk me through 
how that works. Jeff, do you call Darcy? Darcy, I mean, how does this all come to fruition? Uh, I guess I'll just start off how our typical day begins. Yes. Um, every day I get to work and I'll run police reports on overdoses and things of that nature. Um, if somebody has not been arrested or doesn't have warrants or anything like that, we will actually go and cold call those individuals after they have left the hospital. Um, we go to their houses, hotels. It, if they're homeless and we know where they're located at, um, we will go find those individuals. We give those individuals a packet of information on how they can go about getting treatment. We hand out Narcan. Um, we will give transportation to anybody that wants it, whether it go to methadone clinics, to the hospital, um, we'll take people to go get food for them. Um, we're out there to help the individuals that people these people have been forgotten about. So there's not, so. I, sometimes I think there's also a stereotype there that mm -hmm. you're out to, I don't know, throw everyone who's, I don't know, dealing with drugs, whatever, into jail. And that's really not what's happening. Yeah, we do not arrest people. Yeah. Um, our job is to go out and try to help people before they get into the ju judicial system, excuse me. Um, we want to get them before the courts. Um, they get into the court system. Yeah, we simply cannot arrest our way out no. of the situation. It is too large. And I think people need to understand that what we're doing is working. The numbers that we're seeing in this community are working. There's still a lot of work to do. There is enormous amount of work to do, and we don't have enough people to do it. We just simply don't. Mm -hmm. Budget restrictions, um, hiring restrictions. You mean in terms of drug arrests? What do you mean? In, in terms of helping people in okay. this community, in terms of doing what they're doing right now, because we could use a lot more boots on the ground mm -hmm. and doing, doing what Jeff's doing, doing what Darcy's doing. But through funding, we just don't have the amount of money to do to implement those things. But but those you'll see in a little bit how these numbers are, are really large and how they're working. So, Detective Ripley, how do you go then from let's say you're out in the streets, you're doing your thing, uh, to to a point where you've got to call in someone like Darcy? Darcy's very good at the mental health aspect of everything because we know that drug addiction and mental health go hand in mm -hmm, hand. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a social worker, I'm not a therapist, I'm not licensed in any of that, and I admit that. And when it gets to the point when we're talking to an individual and we can see through our training experience that, hey, this person's suffering from a mental health um, problem at this time, I'm not even going to try to dive into that. I will call Darcy and Sam um, and let them, you know, let them know where we're at, and they, they will always make the scene, or we will pick up that individual, drive them to Darcy and Sam, and make an introduction and just sit down and I'll let Darcy and Sam do the talking. Yeah, what happens at that point then, Darcy, when you are called into a situation? Yeah, so I assess right away what's going on. So as a social worker, we're trained to kind of um, go off the cuff and assess what's going on. So a lot of things we call, it's the comorbidity between substance use and mental illness. Mm -hmm. So substance use is a DSM diagnosis. Um, so that in and of itself is a mental illness, technically. Um, but also a lot of um, co-occurring disorders are anxiety, depression. There's some sort of trauma in the history of them, especially childhood trauma. Um, so we just try to, in the short amount of time that we have, or in however amount of time that we have with this individual, we'll try to kind of briefly assess, okay, it sounds like maybe you're having suicidal ideation. How do we kind of help you right now? Are you a, like a harm to yourself or others? How do we get you connected to that help first, get you to baseline, so then we can maybe start talking about treatment and recovery? You mentioned another person named Sam. So there's are there two social workers then with the Fort Wayne Police Department Heart Program? Yes. So there's Samantha Taylor and myself. And Sophia, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Chief Reed say you'd like to expand or grow that program this year? Ideally, that would be what we'd like to do. But I, 
you know, it just depends on budgets um, and grant funding. Sometimes we can, they're here on grants right now. So if we can find additional grant monies um, to bring more people on, I think that would just benefit this community. But again, we're kind of stymied by, by the funding for it. So then what happens next? You kind of make your diagnosis, Mm -hmm. I guess, Mm -hmm. if you will. And, And then what happens? Yeah, so it just depends on what the person wants. So it's always person first. So let's say Joe Schmo, he is ready to go into treatment. He wants to get off of whatever he's using, whatever substance he's using. We'll get him connected to treatment, and the guys will take them there. Um, By the guys, so, you mean like yes, Jeff? Yes, like okay. Jeff will take them there. Um, and so we'll follow up. So the really unique thing about our position is officers really have time to help that one person in that one moment. So we are uniquely designed where we can help that person and the family around them. So that person's in recovery, let's say, or that person is still in active addiction, not ready to get help. But maybe mom is really wanting to talk talk to somebody. Maybe a loved one is ready to talk to somebody and we can get them connected to services and follow up with them on their journey of recovery too. Do you find, do you find most people are cooperative and say, hey, yeah, Darcy, I want help. You, you both are nodding your head, kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it just depends on where they're at with readiness. Are they ready to admit that they have a problem? Are they in that change talk? Do they? Oh, yeah. I see that this impacts my day to day life. I see how maybe I can't hold a job or keep a job because of this addiction. Um, and some people aren't ready, and that's okay. But what we'll do? I call. I tell people that I'm a professional nagger, and so uh, <laughs> I just like me. <laughs> yeah, I just like I call them and I say we're here for you. We're gonna support you, even if you're not ready to go to treatment. We're, we're the heart team is here. Um, so maybe they're not ready. Maybe they're not ready to you know talk about that. But we are still here to support because the opposite of addiction is connection. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable, though. So you just, oh, okay, you don't want help. See you later. Take care, Joe. Good luck. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're still there. Just, uh, uh, we, you we use the word nagging, so yeah. I'm going to say it, too. <laughs> nagging. We put the bug in their ear. You do. And, and, you know, we give our cell phone numbers, and they'll call us. They'll call us. They just want somebody to talk yeah. to. They don't have a lot of people left in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people have just given up on their family members. So... We're there and we're building trust with that individual. We're not, as the police officer side, we're not there to get them in trouble. We let them know that. Um, we're here to help them out. We're just somebody to talk to. Call me on a Saturday night when, before you use. If you're going to wow. use, give me a call. Let's talk through this first. Um, if they use, unfortunately, they still do. But we're there. At least I know where they're at in case something bad happens. I can get somebody there for them um, to help them out. Um, we're just building trust with them. So when that time does come, when they say enough is enough, I know I can call this person and they'll help me. I think we I think the general misconception too with with recovery is that these people want to be out there using and more it's it's the addictive brain, right? Mm-hmm. They have no control over this. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's their their brain has changed mm-hmm. from what it was normally like with the use of the drug. Mm-hmm. And for recovery, you really have to be at a point where you're making that decision. I cannot make that as a mother for my son or my daughter or my mother, my father, my brother. They have to make that choice for themselves. Mm -hmm. That recovery only starts when they're ready. And as much as we want to force people into recovery and just go, just go, if it's not there on their own volition, if they're not there on their own volition, it's not going to, it's not going to take. 
It's just so it not sounds going like to. y'all are on call like 24-7. Yes. Is that right? Is that <laughs> well, we, we do have a telephone number that yeah. we do give out to everybody. It's 427-5801, um, and that's our heart line. Now, okay. if somebody would call that, it goes to a voicemail, but we try to call them back within 15 minutes. Wow. So then when we are off duty, we do have – we take turns on call, um, and one of us is assigned – that either that weekend or that night so we will call people back best guesstimate how many phone calls you get in a day uh, oh it just depends it, 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 i think like in the summer our calls get up a lot higher than in the winter months but yes why is yeah. that it, it's nicer weather yeah. people are outside mm-hmm. people are congregating more winter it's cold you don't really a lot of people want to recluse in the winter time mm-hmm. isolation starts seasonal depression starts um summer it gives that flourish of dopamine just like a drug does in your brain you see the sun that dopamine is in your system mm-hmm. and you're ready to talk to somebody hmm. or at least have conversations interesting mm-hmm. okay so i kind of want to break this down to again where it does maybe get perhaps a little controversial and i don't know if you can even tell me this sophia or not but in terms of, of criminal calls i guess versus mental health calls let's say you get a call in and you know it's a mental health situation which again does that happen i mean you know one versus the other does that yeah, depending happens. on how the okay. run comes in, yeah, it could be a mental health call versus. Well, let's you know say this. y'all know it is, or maybe Detective Ripley. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a question for you. I don't know. At that moment, do you wait to call Darcy, or do you call her up and say, "Hey, girl, you're coming with us because <laughs> we know this is a mental health crisis situation"? Because I think that can also be sometimes where a little bit of the controversy does come in. Right, Darcy works primarily in the heart division. Mm-hmm. Like we have. So it's separate from what our mental, our CIT program okay. would be. So she doesn't work so much. On, she may follow up with people mm-hmm, that do mm-hmm. we do CIT with, because a lot of times the people we're, we're, we're dealing with are actively in addiction as well. Uh, I would say that's probably generally the situation. They're using some type of, of substance. So that's a follow-up for her. She does not go out with us uh, like when we get the call. Even even when they they get those calls on their and their. 5801 number uh, that's is, the, the, the heart number okay. 427 when they're getting those calls they aren't an immediate like a generated run mm-hmm. if you will they're what they're doing is on their kind of own and they'll generate a run if they need to do that so they're not directly going out with an officer to a co- mental health call. Well, but that is happening in some It could be, yes, mm-hmm. but it's not happening in this community. And, right. You know, and we've spoken to that before. And I, I would really, bringing a third-party civilian into a possible volatile situation worries me. And now I have an extra person to worry about. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, we, we can have that discussion at a later time, not to take the time away from the HEART program here. But, but that's something that we probably need to have as a community. And our chief is willing to have that talk as well. He's done really, really forward thinking in, in implementing a program like this um, and it's it's taken off it is it is really forward thinking and like you guys have said it's working you have the proof that it works and yeah. you wish you had more boots on the ground to do we so do. we're just not going to arrest our way out of this we're right. just not right there's not enough jail space Mm-mm. so okay i want to go back to detective ripley you decide to call in Darcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say they need transported to I, I don't know where do they need transport i guess where do we go from there it depends. So a lot of times uh, they'll need transported to a recovery like residence. So um, they'll need to do 30 days worth of detox mm. first. So that's when Ormiston comes in, Ormiston and Ripley come in and they say, all right, we'll take you to 
Avenues Recovery. No we'll kidding. take you mm-hmm. to, and they do it on the spot. So they'll take them there. We'll follow them there. We'll watch them walk through the doors into recovery. We'll give them a hug. We'll contact them while they're there if they give us permission. Um, and we show up for them. We continue to show up for them even if they're in detox Y'all are like the unsung heroes that people just don't even know about. I mean, I, I <laughs> right. didn't, again, I didn't even learn about having social workers alongside the police department until Chief Reed was in the studio mm-hmm. talking about some plans for 2022 and he said hey we'd like to add some i'm like hold up you you have some currently (laughs) we're just we're just making a lot of headway moving forward you know we're seeing what works with our community and that's the that's good leadership right you're not afraid afraid of failure if this program failed then we'll try something new but right now it's not failing it's actually working and like i said we're not going to arrest our way out of this Mm -mm. we're not going to be able to put everybody in a little island that's addicted to something i mean that would be most of our community because most people probably have an addiction that nobody knows about whether it's you know alcohol drugs shopping gambling someone usually has something and we need to come to terms and find that what that underlying issue is and Darcy and I were talking just before the program about trauma and it's usually childhood trauma that leads people to start taking these drugs to begin with and that's what we need to start focusing on is how why are people taking the drugs why are they getting started with the drugs what are they trying to mask what are they trying to numb those emotions those feelings and uh, we we need more therapy we need more therapists counselors things like that so you know if you're going to go to college and want to major in something then try you know (laughs) a counselor or a therapist yeah Yeah. Do do you usually get to the root cause then with a lot of folks yeah, because we'll have them. We don't have an end date for our cases or our clients. So we'll be with them. I've been with a client since I started in August. Um, we've been working with the family, and we're really starting to get to the underlying issues now. He's connected to treatment. He's connected to therapy. Um, so he has that well-rounded care that he's getting. So we don't have an end date. So we could have clients for years on our caseload. Uh, so to speak, and we'll finally get to the root of the issue, but we always connect them because we're just acute care. We're just here to help you in this moment, get you connected to maybe a therapist, maybe other treatment providers who can be more formal and meet with you on a regular basis. I have the same question for both of you. Oh boy. And Darcy, but you can start first. Okay. Just, I'm sitting here and listening to both of you talk and you can tell you're both passionate about what you do, obviously, and really articulate about it. How did you even get involved in this kind of field? Because to me, I get honestly, I'm sitting here as a civilian listening yeah. to you guys talk about it. And I'm like, man, that would be hard. And yeah. it would be heavy all day, every day. And like you said, you're practically on call 24 mm-hmm. seven. So what made you walk down this line of work? Yeah, so I'm actually a person in active recovery of alcoholism. Um, and so I can share my story with people and say, I've been here. I'm here for you. I've had a lot of childhood trauma in my past, and that led me to kind of numb that pain like we were talking about. Uh, um, and then I just was like, holy crap, what I got connected to recovery, especially here in Fort Wayne. A lot of my friends are active in recovery and they help people in the community. And I was like, what can I do to give back? Wow. How can I help? Um, and so I got my master's in social work and I was like, This is a new field, police social work. I've always been interested in the justice system and how it works and because it's so intricate. Mm -hmm. And then how do we as Fort Wayne kind of lead the charge and say, hey, we're here. We're going to help you. You're not alone. That is the message. You're a person and you're not alone. Um, I got involved because 
quite honestly, I just got tired of arresting the same people over and over and over again. And I was not I was seeing people go into prison, come out of prison. You arrest them again. Um, it happened about, I'd say, about eight, 10 years ago. I started having, I guess, our confidential informants that were working for us start saying, you know, I'm tired of this lifestyle. I want to get changed. And I would start asking questions and nobody knew where to take them to. Nobody knew how can we get these individuals help? How can we get them off this road that they and their family have been on that as long as they can remember? Um, so when this was brought to me two and a half years ago by Captain Hunter, um, if I'd be interested, you know, it's time for a change. Um, let's let's go from this aspect, because as Captain Sophia said, we can't arrest our way out of it. And, and our, our system is so bogged down with people going through this system. I mean, yeah. um, I, I'm still a firm believer that if you're d out there dealing drugs, polluting the system, you need to go to prison. Mm -hmm. But that's f very few. A lot of people are in the system because they have the addiction. So let's try to, again, get them away from the system and get, get help prior to going into the system. How would you compare things now then to, let's say, three years ago? The numbers are going down, I believe. Um, even just talking with people, it's, we still have a long ways to go. And I, fortunately, I wish we had more people doing what we were doing, because I think we could really lower it down. Yeah, could you guys share with us the numbers in Fort Wayne that you're helping right now? Because um, those were, I thought they were yeah. pretty big numbers. Um, right now, we've made contact with over 1,000 individuals. Um, and then we've had over 351 <laughs> um, into active treatment within two, in two years. No kidding. So, I mean, if we had double the people, that's double the numbers we could. And we, when this first started, we thought, you know, people were going to be slamming doors in our face, uh, telling us to get off their property. Well, that's be my next question is how you we, all have been received. Two, two yeah. people in over two years have mm -hmm. slammed doors in our face. Wow. It's amazing that you go up there, you, we give them a little elevator speech. Um, as my partner, Jeremy Ormston, likes to say, we're the concierge of services. <laughs> we try to figure everything out so nobody can deny Did us. Yep. Um, there's not an excuse for them because if they have an excuse, hey, we've got an answer for you. Mm -hmm. um, so when we go up there, it's again, people just want somebody to talk to. Yeah. They just want to let their story be, be told and heard. Mm -hmm. And we're there for that. The social workers have actually reached a lot of people, too. So we um, mm -hmm. will look at the heart calls and we'll work with juveniles. We'll work. Mm -hmm. um, we'll look and do follow ups uh, for CIT calls. So we've helped 223 families and individuals. And then we have a social media account and we do harm reduction strategies. We build out resources there. And on there, we've reached over 11,000 people. Well, that, okay, that, that you just took me again to my yeah. next question is how could people get connected with the heart program? Let's mm -hmm. just say they're listening right now and they're like, you know what, I might have a problem. Yeah. Or even if. Even even if someone does think they have a hint of a problem, how they can get in contact. Well, they can call our heartline and then they can reach out to us on Facebook too. Yeah, the heartline's 427-5801 and then it's just the heart, H-A-R-T, mm -hmm. on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So then mm -hmm. for you two, Jeff and Darcy, why do you feel like this topic has gotten so controversial? Because I'm sitting here listening to it and I think, this is amazing. Like you said, Fort Wayne's kind of leading the forefront in this yeah. and I feel like every police department needs to be doing something similar. Why are they not? I, oh, do you? <laughs> Nobody wants to talk. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm vocal about yeah, it. I, 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 no shame in my game. Yeah. Um, funding. Yes. Funding's a huge, yes. huge thing. Um, and just the way that our society's going right now, um, unfortunately, a lot of people are looking at police in a bad aspect mm -hmm. uh, because of situations that have occurred across the country. Um, not all police departments, you know, Right. You can't, you can't, that's you, what this show's all that's about. That's what this yeah. show's all about. You, 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 exactly. can't, you can't blame all officers right. for one bad apple. Correct. And, you know, we're trying to change the way that people look at law enforcement. 
Um, we're, we're not out there, you know, beating people down. We're not out there just arresting no, you're everybody. The exact opposite. You're lifting yeah, them up. We took an yeah. oath to serve and protect. And part of that oath is, you know, we're protecting and serving people. It's not about going out and writing tickets. It's not about mm-hmm. making all the arrests. This is serving and protecting people also. It's just on a different mm-hmm. level. And I think what Je- Jeff is like talking about is language. Language is really important, especially in messaging. So uh, when defund the police was out there, it was scary. Um, and that's not. And then they thought, let's bring in social workers. Right. That was kind of the next thought. Let's bring in social workers instead of officers. I don't know about you, but I am not capable of doing what an officer right. could do. I think like and vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think if we just change the language to like a redistribution of funding. So maybe we get get grant funding to help have social workers alongside of officers. Mm-hmm. I think changing the language would be really important. And that's why it's really scary because if you hear I'm going to defund your position you're going to be very protective of that if I heard that I'd be like whoa 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 whoa! you're not taking that from right. me um, and so I think that is really important messaging is language is really important and that That's I think has point. changed the game Yeah, I just think that you know Jeff and I were also talking we we're talking about you know officers are now calling him um there were drug raids and hey can you come help this person out they, they need you more than they need jail and those wow. are huge steps for officers to make um those are huge calls because we haven't always had that ability to do that we haven't always had those resources to call for those kinds of things like this person's going to be better served in treatment than they are in jail and honestly there's just not enough room in our jail. We are busy arresting true criminals yeah. doing harmful things to other people. And we've had 161 um, overdoses last year in 2021, and there's still 20 waiting in toxicology. That's our largest number we've ever had. Um, so this problem is real, and it's here in our community, and we need to start facing it. We need to start trying things that... that that may work, and, and when we find they work, like the Heart Team, then we need to put money behind that and keep these programs going. When it kind of goes back to what you said, Jeff, you're arresting someone, they go to jail, they get out of jail, you're rearresting them, they go to jail. Like that cycle, clear. I mean, definition yeah. of insanity, right? You're going to yeah. do the same thing over and over again, and here you're expecting a different result. Well, finally, you know, something else different is being tried. You're obviously seeing success with it. Is there any way, and maybe you already have, I mean, to share what we're doing here with other police departments across the country, or have you been doing that? Yeah, we've gone to other surrounding counties. We've talked to other police departments. Um, I've taken telephone calls from other police departments. Hey, how are you doing this? How's it work? You come talk to us. Um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of interest in what we're doing. It's, uh, it's groundbreaking. Well, we're going to share it here, obviously, uh, and just shout it from the rooftop. Sophia, we're way at a time already, of course. <laughs> of course. We do it every week. So what really quick happening next week? I have no idea, Kayla. I love it's it. It's a mystery episode. episode so it's a mystery we'll episode. Yes. Well, maybe we can elaborate even more on the heart program if we want to. There's really a lot to talk about. As always, if you've missed any previous episodes of Unholstered, you can download Unholstered anywhere you can download a podcast. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.